0: This is The Faithful Expositor, a podcast from the preaching and teaching ministry of Pastor Jonathan Sims of Shelbyville Mills Baptist Church.
1: Welcome to another edition of The Faithful Expositor. I'm your host, Brother Joe Carpenter, and today I'm here in the studio at Shelbyville Mills Baptist Church with our senior pastor and my friend, Brother John O. Sims. Brother, how are you doing today? Brother Joe, thanks for asking. I'm doing good. Uh, You know, I know we're going to talk about this later, but it's been...
0: uh, couple of intense weeks just um you go through seasons when the ministry is more intense than others you go through long seasons where there's relative peace but the really the last two plus weeks have been extremely intense just uh weighted very very heavy and ministry matters heart matters um people in our church that have been hurting and suffering Mm -hmm. and uh, God's been faithful through all of it. But you know, it takes a toll on you. It, it, mm-hmm. it, it um, I think you'd agree that we're all kind of dragging today a little bit mm-hmm. just from the weariness of the things that we've been through. It's all good stuff, but um, we're humans and it takes strength from us
1: and virtue from us and And uh, I'm doing okay, but I'm feeling the mileage today. Yeah, amen. Well, I'm hoping, and you said earlier, that uh, you're going to be able to put in a little bit of mileage today on your bicycle. Hope so. I know that that's helpful. It is. Uh, It's hard to believe that doing something so physically taxing can be so helpful and refreshing. It is. And, you know, it's been such a help for me in dealing with stress,
0: in dealing with worry, fear, anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just... um, much better than taking drugs and medicines and <laughs> and uh the Lord has used that to just uh bring balance to my life and help me have a proper perspective and I think it's what Paul meant when he said bodily exercise profiteth little. In other words, it does help some. That's right. And it helps me greatly. Yeah, me too. More
1: than just a little. Mhm. Amen, brother. Amen. Well today one of the couple of the things that I wanted to talk with you about, first of all, would be just kinda concerning the Just things that are happening here uh, at Shelbyville Mills Baptist Church, like you did uh, allude to just a moment ago. um, We are in the midst of a season, uh, and that's kind of the life cycle of the church. And the longer you're in ministry, the more you start to see some of these seasons, sometimes seasons of grief and of mourning, sometimes seasons of celebration. uh, And we've kind of had a mixture of some of that even right now, too. Uh, But one of the things that we have from a uh, pastoral perspective uh, that I've seen in the church here too, is that there's just been a lot of, the Lord is clearly doing a lot of work in the hearts of some of our people. And you might even say, especially some of our young people. And uh, we just finished up a week here at Vacation Bible School, which was a really sweet week, wonderful uh, theme. Our theme was the sanctity of human life, Mm. which couldn't have come at a better time. Uh, what with Roe versus Wade being overturned last week, and you know, we were talking about even this morning that some of the fruit that we saw th- that well that that was planted there and the seeds that were planted there, we may not even see fruit of it until later on. Yeah. Uh, but some of our young people got to see uh, ultrasounds for some of them, probably the first time they'd ever seen anything like that. Sure. Because we partnered with the First Choice Pregnancy Center here in town and allowed them to come in and and to do that. And these kids really got to hunker down on the the sanctity of human life theme this past week. I just thought it was great.
0: I'm so glad you guys thought of that. And, you know, we've been using the VBS literature from the uh, creation. Answers uh, in Genesis. Answers in Genesis people, the Ark Encounter folks. And um, it's just wonderfully written. It's good material. And in God's providence, it had to do with the sanctity of human life. And like you mentioned, We're all rejoicing, even though we know the battle's not over, but we're rejoicing at the miracle that God has brought. It just takes our breath away Mm -hmm. to consider that our great God has overturned this murderous law Mm. that's responsible for 61 plus million babies being murdered inside their mother's womb. And we're just so thankful and grateful to God and what a lesson to our young people to have that material this week and to be able to see that ultrasound of uh, two of the women in our church that are expecting <laughs> and they got, they could see the baby's facial features, mm-hmm. eyes, fingers, toes, lips, mm-hmm. cheeks. And they know that that's a real living human being with a soul and mm-hmm. uh, creating God's image there inside of its mama's belly. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was just a fabulous week, just a great week of sharing the gospel and
1: helping those kids understand that our God is creator. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And it's one of those weeks, too, that, again, <clears> was just kind of mixed with a little bit of sorrow on our part. Yeah. Our friend and uh, brother Gary Thrash has uh, been kind of really just battling for his life uh, for the past couple of weeks, and our hearts uh, go out to him and to his wife, uh, Judy. We yeah. love them very much, and we've been continuing to just pray for them and we may even ask our listeners to just take please. a moment and please pray for them and pray yep. for him.
0: A lot of people know Brother Gary. Uh, Judy was my secretary for 19 plus years here at the church, and he's was on the pulpit committee that called me here, mm-hmm. and one of our deacons and small group leader, and uh, just a dear brother, good friend, and uh, just we would— ask anyone listening to please pray for brother gary Mm -hmm. Uh, he had a major surgery this past week kayla and i were there for that and uh just didn't know which way it was going to go and up to this point the lord has graciously spared his life and we're just praying and begging god to you know to heal him and to bring him
1: through this season in his life amen amen well as we're talking about these different seasons that uh the church goes through uh right now we're seeing here at shelbyville mills baptist church just a a great deal of folks that are coming to us as the pastors and they're they're talking about wanting to join the church some have uh, come from different cities from around different places some from different states have come and they're wanting to join with us and they're coming to the membership class and uh, others are coming to us wanting to talk to us about baptism and You know, I can't tell you how many times I've had somebody come to me within the past three weeks and just say, Brother Joe, I believe I've been saved. And so that was one of the things that I really wanted us to kind of hunker down on uh, and talk about uh, today. But I guess I would almost start off by just kind of asking a very general, broad sweeping question. When we I said in our staff meeting this morning, I've never seen anything like it. I've never had my calendar so filled with uh Counseling, you know, new members counseling, and with baptismal counseling and things of that nature. And by the way, that's a great problem to have, and sure. I'm so thankful for it. But I wanted to just kind of ask you what what would you attribute this to? The Holy Spirit, pure and simple. Yeah, um, he is God's agent of
0: regeneration, and <clears throat> you know, the wind blows where it wills, mm-hmm. and you can hear the sound, but you can't tell from where it comes or where it goes. So is everyone that's born of the Spirit. Mm. And no man commands the wind. No man tells the men wind where to blow or when to blow or how to blow. And that was Jesus' entire point to Nicodemus, is that this is a sovereign work of God's Mm -hmm. grace. And we would long for it to be this way all the time. But the truth is that it's not. It's not this way all the time. But what a joy it is when you find yourself in a season like this. Mm -hmm. And it just seems to have gone on for weeks and weeks now. Yeah that we have had people come to us. And when you were given that little segue to this, I was thinking and, you know, used to um, I would have had people come to me and say something like um, and this is not semantics, I believe, but people would come to me and say, you know, I asked Jesus into my heart or um, I pray a sinner's prayer and we don't ever hear that anymore. Not at all. What people do, they come to us and say, Brother Joe. I believe I've been converted. Yeah, I, I believe I've been born again. And that's because they've heard us preach the great text of Scripture. Mm-hmm. And they compare what's going on in their life to what Jesus and the apostles revealed to be genuine conversion. Yeah, And they're saying, I think I've experienced that. Mm-hmm. And that's usually the way it begins. Yeah, And then they say, I would like to speak with you about this. And then to the calendar, like you're talking about, we, I think we have eight or nine people right now that are, In waiting, Mm -hmm. Uh, we baptized three Sunday. We have one this week, and another seven, eight, or nine um, that are waiting patiently for us to get to them because we don't rush this. That's right. We don't we don't get in a hurry. We Mm -hmm. want to do it right. Mm -hmm. Our focus is not on numbers. We're grateful for the numbers, but our focus is on each individual soul and making sure that we uh, administer the gospel of Jesus Christ to them in a biblical and responsible way Mm -hmm. and so it's just a joy though to have people come up to us and say I I want to talk to you about conversion I want to talk to you about being saved I I want to become a follower of Jesus Christ
1: that's kind of the language that we hear now yeah my hope and prayer was and and kind of thinking through this subject was that this as we talk further about this that it'll be a help for pastors who are having people come and say the same thing to them Mm -hmm. but also anybody that's uh, serving in any capacity in the church you know what do you do when somebody comes to you and says I want to be born again I want to be saved or I believe I have been saved right Um, what does that process begin to look like you know and maybe even parents especially because it gets a little uh, difficult to be able to discern these things with a child And so I was kind of hoping to sit down and pick your brain, maybe the way that we've done in the past. But uh, let's talk a little bit then about diving into that process then specifically. So when somebody comes to you, for example, in the church and they say, Brother Jono, I believe I've been I believe I've been born again. What would be your next? uh, What does that process then begin to start looking like?
0: I don't mean to make it sound as if I'm not willing to drop everything and talk with them right then and there. And often I do that. Often I do that. Sometimes it's just not a possibility. Mm -hmm. The past two weeks, really the past three, it would have been a complete impossibility. That's right. With everything that I've had going on. It's just been, I mean, I I, I didn't have a minute for anything Mm -hmm. uh, just because of the intent. And that, that in and itself is a season. It is. Thank God it's not that way all the time. Yeah. But years ago, brother, and you have a copy here in front of you, you brought it over. Based upon my own conversion mm-hmm. and my journey through making two false professions of faith and being, quote, baptized twice mm-hmm. in Southern Baptist churches, and then finally being genuinely converted mm-hmm. and following that with true believers' baptism, mm-hmm. the Lord put it on my heart to write a little booklet entitled Genuine Conversion. Mm-hmm. And that little booklet has almost become a, you know, a prescription pad in which when a person comes to us and says, "I'm struggling, I don't know if I'm saved or I want to be saved," or "I believe God's dealing with me about being saved. It's not that we don't want to spend time with them because every person that comes to them, we sit down with them face to face. But you're asking me initially, exactly. Initially, brother, What I'm going to do is walk over to the office with them, talk to them on the way, of course, and then I'm going to give them the genuine conversion booklet, and I'm going to ask them before the Lord to read this book very carefully, very intentionally, and when they get through reading it, just call me. Mm -hmm. When you're through, call me, give me a call, and I will set up an appointment to sit down with you and talk to you about this. Mm -hmm. And one of the examples is, A young lady that you know I brought up in staff meeting this morning that came to me a few weeks back and uh, at our picnic, I gave her a copy. I carried it with me Mm -hmm. and I gave her a copy of the book, Genuine Conversion, because she was asking questions and I asked her to read it. Mm -hmm. Okay, she came to me this past Sunday and she said, I've read the book again. Mm -hmm. I want to talk with you. My husband wants to talk to you. She said, but I've got a request. I've read it once. I really feel like I need to go through it again. Mm-hmm. She said, would it be all right? I'm gonna read it a second time. I said, look, you read it as many times as you want to, That's but right. whenever you're ready, then you call me. Most of the people in the church have my cell phone number, text me. Yeah, I'll set up an appointment for us to sit down and go through it more intentionally and mm-hmm. speak one-on-one. Yeah. But this has become a great resource, brother, because I believe, Joe, that people need to struggle with God themselves. They need to struggle with God, you know, on their own. I think in too many evangelical churches, we're too quick to fill in the blanks for them and give them little sound bites and little, you know, uh, recorded sound bites of answers that you know, salve their conscience rather than letting them struggle and wrestle with a holy God mm-hmm. over their own personal sinfulness mm-hmm. and their need of Christ as their Lord and their Savior. And Paul said, search the Scriptures, mm-hmm. for in these you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of me, mm-hmm. which lets me know that Paul directed people to the Scriptures. Mm-hmm. And that's what this book does. Mm-hmm. This genuine conversion book takes... I don't know. I I don't feel uh, uncomfortable using this term, a seeker, (laughs) a person that's asking questions. And what it does is it forces them back on the scriptures and on God and Mm -hmm. on Christ personally and individually Mm -hmm. to seek the Lord. And the book deals with fruit. It Mm -hmm. it deals with evidences. When the Holy Spirit comes and takes up residence in a person's heart, he begins to manifest through them certain fruits that are evidences that a person has experienced genuine conversion. And we ask those people to look for some of those. And uh, it's been a great help through the years at least to begin the process to get them thinking biblically Mm -hmm. about what conversion is. The fact that I have to use the word genuine Conversion implies that there is a not genuine, a fake or phony decision or decisionism. It's like true church
1: conference there. You
0: almost have to qualify it nowadays because there's so much fake stuff out there. And so this book was designed to help a person understand what the Bible says about genuine conversion. Mm -hmm. It's almost like the dialogue Nicodemus had with jesus Mm -hmm. in john chapter
1: three it's that same uh motive and heart Mm -hmm. i think a lot of it too and there's so many directions we can start going i've just been just thinking this through as you've been speaking here but there's so Uh many what directions we can go with this and i want to get to as many of the practical applications of this as we can but it sounds to me like a great deal of what you do when it comes to baptismal or convert, I hate to even call it conversion counseling because, because of all of the attachments to that today. But when you're talking to somebody who believes they've been saved, it's all driven by your theology. Yes, it's you know, and if if we were more interested in making numbers and being able to brag about, well, we've got somebody else that's come along and raised their hand for Christ. Or how
0: about this? Mm -hmm. I led him to Christ Yes. as if I
1: did something. At all, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If that were the case, then the process would change, wouldn't it? It It would would shorten, it would be, like you said, I would be basically filling in the gaps for them.
0: I think, brother, that obviously we need to be careful, which is why we're doing what we're doing. It's why I wrote this book. But as I look back over my time and tenure, there have I I think early on in my ministry when I was younger and more immature, and all I knew was all I knew, Mm -hmm. and the Southern Baptist uh, methodologies that were dangled in front of me, lead them to say these words, Mm -hmm. lead them to repeat these words back to you, lead them to pray this prayer, and ask them, did they mean it in their heart? Yeah. Looking back, I can see several people that came to me that God had converted them. Yeah. They were converted. Yeah, um, God's Spirit had moved on them. They had been convicted of their sin and of the righteousness of Jesus Christ. They had transferred their trust over to Christ. They had turned from their sins, and they believed on the Lord Jesus, and they'd been saved. And basically, they articulated, you know, God's been dealing with my heart. He's been dealing with me, and something happened. I, I believe the Lord has changed me. Okay, that's great now repeat after me and i felt like i had to carry them through the, seal the deal I, yeah i had to carry them through the uh, you know the 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 process to yep. make sure that they did it all right and said all the right words yeah yeah and it's so liberating brother mm-hmm. to understand none of that is necessary Amen. matter of fact it gets in the way yeah of just the pure work of the holy spirit mm-hmm. of you know the baptist faith and message says the holy spirit uh, draws men to the savior and effects regeneration. Mm-hmm. I believe that. Yeah. I believe the Spirit of God is the soul winner. Yeah. And I believe he converts men and mm-hmm. and we're just seeing more and more and more that as the gospel is preached from the pulpit and the power of the Spirit, God does his work. Yeah. And I said this yesterday and I baptized a young girl yesterday, her name is Avery, and she read her testimony of conversion. And I told the church, I believe she gave me the greatest compliment that I've ever been given. In her testimony, she said, Brother Jono was preaching through Revelation chapter 12, and that Sunday he gave the gospel. And she said, every time he preaches, he gives the gospel. Mm -hmm. You know, the gospel's presented every time he preached. Well, that was sufficient for God to save Avery. Amen. She didn't need anything else.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, When we preach the gospel, the Holy Spirit has everything he needs. That's right. And so, yes, our understanding of the way we do, quote, conversion counseling is driven by our understanding of what conversion is. Exactly. Here's the deal, brother. Yeah. Is it decisionism? Right. Or is it regeneration? Exactly. That That's because if it's decisionism, we're going to be high on methods and methodologies and uh, outlines. Coercion tactics, whatever else. If it's regeneration, we're going to rejoice with them. Yes. And the fact that the Spirit of God has made them a disciple. And what we're going to do from there is help them understand what's happened to them and how to walk in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Right.
1: I have found that more often than not, whenever somebody comes to me and that's the case, we're not talking about, well, here's what you do, 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 do. Right. We're looking, we're basically fruit inspectors. Exactly. To the best of our ability.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's what, and I know I shared my testimony here, mm-hmm. but God used 1 John chapter Mm 3, to show me my need of conversion. Because he that practices sin is of the devil. The devil sins from the very beginning. He that practices righteousness is righteous, even as Christ is righteous. Mm -hmm. Whoever is born of God does not practice sin because God's seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he's born of God. Mm -hmm. As I looked at those, the Spirit of God very clearly showed me that I was the unrighteous, mm-hmm. that I was the practicer of sin, mm-hmm. that I was living in a habitual practice of sin as a lifestyle, mm-hmm. that I was not righteous, that I was not a follower of Jesus Christ. It was my pastor directing me to that text that the Holy Spirit used to show me that I needed to be saved. Mm-hmm. I think the problem is in a lot of churches we we quote talk people into getting saved, mm-hmm. and then the devil talks them out of it. Yeah, you know because yeah. it's not it's not real. Yes, yeah, and so I think it's very powerful to have a tool like this yes like this genuine conversion book that we can hand to people and thrust them on christ mm-hmm. and say to them if you if they're if they're truly serious and the lord's really dealing with them they'll take this serious if they blow us off yeah i'm not going to quote draw the net on them lest they get away
1: you know right, right. i don't believe they can get away if the spirit of god's at work brother yeah amen brother let me ask you a couple questions then about that. So let's say, because I know some, some of the the rub comes in with, uh, well, then what do I say to that person? So if if I'm a pastor and I've got a young man or young lady who comes to me and they say, Brother Joe, I believe I've been saved, you know, and maybe they've even gone through the conversion, something like the Genuine Conversion Booklet, uh, and, and now they want to talk further. Are there any specific questions that you're asking that person then going forward that – would help to identify whether or not there's fruit or it's real or it's not. I mean, what does that look like for you? I can
0: just tell you, brother, that I don't have some written outline, yeah. some well-oiled, well-greased you know, uh, flow flowchart that I take yeah. them through. I don't because I try to be individual. I try to mm-hmm. listen to each individual person. I try to be uniquely tailored to them and where they are. Mm-hmm. And I want to love each individual and be discerning as to where they are and not just it come across robotic like I've got some canned presentation or whatever. Mm -hmm. But as a general rule, I would just say this, brother. Tell me what happened. Yeah. And I just shut up Mm -hmm. just from the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks. Right. Tell me what happened. And, brother, I'm listening for things and they don't have to state it in exactly you know, the same language perhaps I would with three and a half decades of expository preaching under my belt. <laughs> but they ought to be able to say some things like, man, I just, there ought to be a burden over their sin. Mm-hmm. There, mm-hmm. there ought to be an understanding of sorrow yeah. over their sinfulness against God. Yeah. There should be something in there about, I no longer want this in my life, mm-hmm. i.e. I, repentance. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm willing to turn from everything and just they ought to be able to to state a desire mm-hmm. to follow Christ as a disciple. Yeah. Um, and what we're looking for here is a new creature. Yeah. Old things passing away and all things becoming new. Mm-hmm. We ought to be able to discern that. And brother, if it's if it's so um, convoluted, if, if it's so yeah. weak, if it's so shallow and superficial, that we walk out of there thinking, man, I just don't know. We got to pump the brakes, brother. Yes, we've got to love that individual enough to, you know, we don't want to discourage them, mm-hmm. but we we got to love them enough to say, man, look, I'm going to be praying for you. Here's I, I recommend you read this book of the Bible, mm-hmm. uh, maybe First John, That's like with one. me, uh, or the Gospel of John, mm-hmm. um, and spend some time here, spend some time in prayer, and talk to your small group leader, and And once you've spent a little more time in prayer and in study the word, call me up and we'll get back together again. But I'm not going to fill in the blanks for them. And I'm not going to smooth out the rough places that I can't ignore. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I want them to it's going to be important for the rest of their lives that they have the assurance of their salvation and that they know they've been born again, that Mm -hmm. they've been born of God's Spirit, and not that somebody had a slick presentation that got them in the baptistry real quick.
1: Yeah. When you are asking them, do you ask them anything specifically about the gospel itself, about like their understanding of the gospel? Absolutely. Sometimes I know that'll just kind of come out.
0: It does just kind of come out, but for instance, Almost now, without exception, and it happened yesterday, yeah. and it happens all the time, yeah. somebody will say, as a matter of fact, the baptismal testimony of um, the brother that was baptized yesterday, mm-hmm. Alan, mm-hmm. the older brother, yes, sir. Um, he's actually the grandfather of two of these guys that we baptized yesterday. He said in his testimony, mm-hmm. Brother Ryan's message at our World Impact Conference convicted me. Yeah. Brother Ryan clearly preached the gospel. Yeah. Avery said Brother John message from Revelation chapter twelve. Now nobody told them to write that. Right. When they right. wrote out their testimony, it just came they, they said, here is the passage of scripture that God used to show me that I needed to be saved. Mm. And we believe all of this book is the gospel of God. Now Amen. there's the gospel proper, right. but there's the gospel of God, and God can use any section of this book Amen to convince men of sin, righteousness, and of judgment, and of point to point them to the Savior. That's right. But yes, I, I do think it's important, and it can be very simple. Mm. Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. He was buried, and he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, um, as Paul taught the Corinthians. Mm-hmm. You know, something to where they understand the basis of a substitutionary atoning work of Christ in their place, on their behalf, Mm -hmm. of Christ paying the debt for their sins. And And
1: I I tell them the same thing you do. And whenever, whenever we're in my office talking about it, I'll tell them I don't expect you to use the big theological terminology. It's a lot like what you said, tell me what happened, tell me what yeah. you heard, tell me what you believe, what were, I mean, what did God impress upon your heart at the time? Because you know as well as I do, brother, obviously there can be
0: false professions, Sure. but it's not natural mm. for a person to be sitting around and yeah. decide, you know, I, I want to be saved or I, I need to think about God or I need yeah. to study the Bible more or I need to go speak to my pastor. The fact that they're there yes. It would indicate to me that God's at work. Yes. You know, but we need to be careful in the process to make sure that indeed they have repented, mm-hmm. they have put their faith mm-hmm. in the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and that they have turned from their sin, mm-hmm. and that they understand that this is a call to be a disciple. This is not hell insurance. That's right. It's yeah. not about missing hell. Yeah. That's fringe benefit. Yeah. This is about denying yourself taking up your cross and following jesus Mm -hmm. and sometimes i go to the principle of the rich young ruler is there anything in your life anything that you would not be willing to lay down this day to follow jesus christ and of course like the rich young ruler if there is then we need to cast them back on the lord and on his word that's right there shouldn't be anything that they would not be willing to lay aside and at that moment of conversion that moment of brokenness mm. when the Holy Spirit is truly at work in somebody's life they would be willing to lay everything that's
1: down. right what shall a prophet a man if he gains a whole what world? what must I do to
0: inherit eternal life yeah. what must I do to be saved yeah. is the great
1: call yeah. when God has broken a heart one of the questions I get a lot and uh And again, this is somewhat of a season that we're in right now. It seems like the Lord is really doing a work within the hearts of young people in our church. Yes. And people that are associated to our church, people that have come to youth camp and and, and, uh, their families have been with us for a great deal of time. And one of the things that parents talk to—and by the way, most of the time— When I've got parents come in and talking to me, they've been here and they know they they have a good understanding of what we've already talked about, of what genuine conversion is. And they're not trying to supply the words. They're not trying to they're they're already trying to let these children wrestle with these things. But then when there seems to be from their perspective, no just cause for hindering this child any longer, they'll come to me and they'll still ask questions like Brother Joe. What do I need to be looking for? How can I differentiate between immaturity, say, and, you know, sin or something to that effect? And what are some words of counsel that you would give to them?
0: I think no one is in a better position to know the heart and the state of a child than their parents. Amen. Because the parents know this child inside and out. And parents have to be careful that they're not overly, you know, introspective and they don't just parse every little nuance yeah you know they see one little imperfection in their child and say oh he's not converted Mm. Uh, they need to remember their own conversion that when Jesus saved us we all still had warts and spots and blemishes as a matter of fact Ephesians 5 teaches us there's a day when those blemishes will be removed but Mm. right now we still have a lot of them Hmm. but I would say that uh, a, a godly parent would be the best one in the position to notice a difference in their child and i rely very heavily heavily now those parents are relying on me yeah. to help them discern but i'm relying on them to help me discern and and so i'm going to ask them a lot of attitudinal questions yeah. because you think about it i think the question you're asking me is like with, with a young child okay most most children, and, and let, let's define young, I mean, we yeah. don't baptize many children in our church, and, and not that we have a stated policy or anything, right. but we don't baptize many children in our church below the age of 14, 15. Right. Um, you, and, and that's not a set thing. Right. Uh, you know, there's no age here of, of, of which we will or will not baptize, but we're very careful the younger they are. Yes. But the point I'm trying to make is uh, that... We are just very careful, especially when it comes to children. Mm -hmm. And so a child that's, let's say, 10 Mm -hmm. or a child that's 12 or even a child that's 15 more than likely uh, have not been in hardcore sin. Mm -hmm. They're not they don't have they haven't probably robbed a bank. They probably haven't hopefully been sexually immoral. They, They probably have not been heavy into drugs or alcohol and. Uh, maybe they've not been looking at pornography. And, and so most of the sin patterns that they are going to have been involved in are going to be attitudinal, mm-hmm. um, attitude toward mom, attitude toward dad, um, attitude toward brother, attitude toward sister, attitude toward teachers at church, attitude toward authority. Um, how do they respond to commands? Clean up your room. How, how do they respond to uh, prompts to, um, you know, do the chores? Uh, What is their response when they're disciplined, when they're corrected? How are they responding to that? And, you know, the, the mom or the dad ought to be able to say to me, you know, I've noticed a great difference in their attitude. Their attitude toward me has been much more submissive. Their attitude toward me has been much more obedient. Um, they've been a lot more prompt at obeying commands and following my directions. Mm-hmm. They've even been more, more loving toward their brothers and sisters. Now they've still had some fights. They've, they've still had disagreements. I've, I've even had to step in a couple of times. But overall, I have seen a change of, of attitude, a change of heart, a change of behavior. Uh, those things are major yep. uh, for a young child and they don't just naturally happen. Exactly. And so those are some of the things that that we're asking, some of the things that we're looking for. And then when I sit down with the child, mm-hmm. you know, I want them – I'm going to ask them just like this. In your own words, tell me, what is sin?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. I'm going to listen very carefully. And then I'm going to follow up, okay, have you ever sinned? Mm-hmm. They're going to affirmatively answer, and then I'm going to press a little bit harder. I'm going to say, okay now i'm not going to divulge any confidence here everything you tell me in this room is going to stay right here but i want you to specifically tell me some sins you have committed Mm -hmm. and they always usually do and then i'm going to ask them okay well now as you think back on those sins now and and maybe you've even committed some of those sins recently how how does that make you feel and what has been your attitude toward that today as opposed to before you say you got saved. Yeah. And brother, they should be able to articulate, even if they're nine or 10 years old, mm-hmm. we should be able to listen and understand that they're saying, you know, something along the lines of it used to not bother me. Yes. And now it, brother, it bothers me. I, you know, I I, I don't want that anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I, I wish that I didn't say that anymore. I, I don't want that in my life anymore. Mm-hmm. We should be able to, but for them to come out with some deep Christological uh, you know, some deep, uh, you know, exhortation on the um, finer, finer points of, yeah, finer yeah. points of <laughs> repentance and metanoia, <laughs> you know, that, they're not going to be able to articulate that, um, but they should be able to articulate the fact that there's been a change, yeah. that there has been a supernatural change uh, from Christ within their life mm-hmm. that is discernible. Yeah. Maybe it should be a little greater, but we also got to understand don't don't force sanctification back into justification. That's good. Um, allow the Spirit of God to sanctify them just like He sanctified you. Mm-hmm. And so those would be just be some things that I've learned through the years. Yeah. Don't talk for the child, yeah, don't speak for the child. Mm-hmm. Don't fill in gaps. don't don't answer their don't le- don't ask questions in such a way that you've already given them the answer lead them yeah, yeah before they speak yeah ask them open-ended
1: questions that deal with the motive in the heart that's right in my limited experience I've seen like what we talked about way earlier that there are some who try to rush the process and they're willing to do whatever it takes to basically get them into the baptistry get it done get get it get it in the books and we're done but then on the other hand and I see this a lot more in your healthier churches that are solid biblically there's almost a tendency to go the exact opposite way to the point to where they almost become they're so fearful of producing a false convert that they will never allow a child or a young person or a you know to even make it to the baptistry how do you strike that balance there
0: I drive home every day most days from church on a road called Fairfield Pike and you know I don't ride my bike a lot on Fairfield Pike and there's a reason mm-hmm. there's no shoulder Yeah, it's, 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 it's a big drop off on both sides of the road Yeah, and most of the wrecks that happen on Fairfield Pike happen because people run off the road and there's no shoulder mm-hmm. and they go into a ditch and the rest is history you know yeah. they hit a fence or telephone pole or hmm. whatever look if you're going down Fairfield Pike and you run off the left side of the road or if you're going down Fairfield Pike and you run off the right side of the road it doesn't really matter because you're in a ditch <laughs> so both of these are wrong yeah. both of these are extremes and both of them are wrong and they both lead to a ditch yeah. now in in the first instance you brought up mm-hmm. there's parents that are almost nervous yeah fearful fretful they obviously They don't want their child to go to hell. I'm with you. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing. But it reveals a wrong theology. Mm. It it reveals a motive of decisionism. Mm. If I could just get Johnny to pray this prayer, if I could just get Johnny to make this decision. And so for them, salvation's almost a rite of passage. It's almost a bar mitzvah. It's almost a a coming of age Mm -hmm. of which, okay, now you're old enough. It's time for you to be saved. It's time for you to get this settled. Mm. That is so wrong. And then they push the child in a decision, get them into the baptistry as quick as they can. And you haven't saved that child's soul. Right. You, that's not what you've accomplished, and that's dead wrong. Mm. Uh, it, it's a ditch.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, to the extreme, is the exact same thing. You end up in a ditch, and that is, and this would be in Reformed churches. Yes, that were so careful about genuine conversion. That we take, we completely take the 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 mystery yeah. of the converting work of the Spirit in John chapter three, the wind blowing where it blows, completely out, and and unless and until they've been through Boyce's Catechism and the <laughs> shorter Catechism and, and and until they can recite the Church Fathers and and quote Ignatius, you know, we're not going to baptize them. Yeah, it's just as wrong. Yeah, it, 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 brother. It, it's just as wrong. We baptize a person as best we can discern yeah. upon their profession of faith. Mm-hmm. And, and it's our job to examine that as in, intently as we can. And what I would say to parents is it's certainly permissible and right to be careful, mm. but it's not right to be paranoid yeah. and, and to so overreact that you somehow communicate th- that the child can't be baptized until you know they're in their 20s or something. Yeah. When in the scripture baptism almost always immediately, you know, follows conversion mm-hmm. and you get in the way of the spirit of God and the the prescript of scripture. Yeah. And so I I would just say, brother, that to answer both questions, that's why it's so important to preach the gospel from the mm-hmm. pulpit. Mm-hmm. It's it's so important to teach what Regeneration is what yeah. conversion is. That's why this booklet, yes. genuine conversion, is so important, mm-hmm. and it's so important for pastors to sit down and counsel with each individual yeah. before we baptize. This is why I hate spontaneous baptisms. Yes, sir. And just dunking people as quick as we can dunk them. Don't know their names. Don't know anything about them, brother. We we spend hours. That's right. And when you bring me three people like yesterday and i run through the last little bit of counseling i give them before i baptize them you've already met with them mm-hmm. for hours mm-hmm. days mm-hmm. and as many times as it takes until we're sure they're ready to be baptized but when we're sure it's a celebration we're not hesitant mm-hmm. we're not waiting we 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 bring them into the baptistry and we
1: baptize them mm-hmm. um and we rejoice with them in that yeah amen and it is a rejoicing it is it's a celebration and I'm thankful uh, to be a part of the process as well. And, and then
0: it. we encourage them to do what we experienced last night, to take the Lord's Supper. Yes. It's such a joy to see people that have been converted and scripturally baptized to take their first Lord's Supper. It was, yeah.
1: Saw that last yeah. night too. Yeah, That's how it should be. Yep. A lot of churches don't do that. Right. they uh, uh, They don't have that type of a and it's not like we walk around and we've hey where's your baptismal card right. can you show me your 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 certificate that shows no but yeah. but uh, and every time we've ever had the lord's supper you always we make it clear make it very very clear you need clear. to be born again you need to be scripturally baptized that's right you need to be an active member of a local church mm-hmm. you know yeah amen well, brother, you have basically answered all of the questions that I had kind of had off uh, in my mind concerning this subject, but are there any loose ends for you? Anything else that you want to add to this?
0: Well, you know, you're talking to a guy that made two false professions of faith um, and then was genuinely converted, and I want to just say for the record, brother, that in both of those false confessions of faith that I made, and that was under the dispensation of getting me into the baptistry as quickly as possible decisionism getting me to pray a prayer and I've openly shared that I never had assurance of salvation Mm. I never had victory over sin Mm. Uh, there was never any sanctification and growth in my life ever Mm. ever since February the 16th of 1990 that's all there's been I've never doubted my salvation I've had complete assurance The Spirit of God walks with me every day, Mm -hmm. reminds me of the scripture, teaches me the word. He's given me a love for all people, but specifically for you, my brother, for the Mm -hmm. church, Mm -hmm. for the Lord Jesus, Mm -hmm. um, for prayer, for study. And uh, I'm a growing, maturing disciple. Mm -hmm. I still am a sinner that falls short of the glory of God. But since conversion, there has been a consistent, steady pattern of growth and maturity and deepening in my walk with Christ. Mm -hmm. And obviously that's what I long for, for all people to experience. And so I would say in fairness, that causes me to be careful. I think you would notice that immediately when you come to Shelbyville Mills is that we're not a decisionistic church. Mm -hmm. We're a church that believes in Holy Spirit regeneration. Mm -hmm. And we're a church that does the heavy lifting and the hard things of counseling individuals yeah. and discerning as best we can. We're fallen men and we miss it. Let's be honest. Let's be truthful. We have missed We've it. We've missed it. Yes. As careful as we are, we have baptized some people that turned out to not be genuine converts. Right. But brother Joe, my conscience is clear yeah. because as best I know, we did everything we could do. I would have to be the Lord Jesus yeah. and be able to look inside Revelation 22:3 <laughs> people's hearts. To see the state of their soul, and I can't do that. Only God can do that. I have the tools God gave me. Mm -hmm. I have the mandate that he gave me to use the scriptures to help people discern, look at their soul, discern if they're in the faith, except they be reprobate, Mm -hmm. test yourselves, prove ye your own selves how that Christ is in you. Mm -hmm. That's my job is to help them employ those tests Mm -hmm. and look for those fruits to see if they've been genuinely converted. That's all I can do. And when they, and I in good faith, as near as I can tell, when they communicate to me, yes, this is what I've experienced. This is what I believe. I'm committed to come under the authority of this church and the elders of this church. I want to learn. I want to grow. Mm. I want to mature. I just don't see that I have warrant to hold their baptism brother. I agree. Then that. I believe it's time for me to obey the scriptures mm-hmm. and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and for them to to become an official, you know, member of this church and all the privileges that come with that and also the attending discipline yeah. that follows. Mm-hmm. But all we can do, brother, under Christ with the maturity and the understanding he's given to us up to this point, is to do the best job we can to discern, knowing that we're fallen and we'll miss it some, is this person genuinely converted? Yeah. And if with the Scripture by our side, the best we can discern we believe they
1: are, mm-hmm. then we, I believe we have to move forward mm-hmm. with baptism and church membership. And that's I'm glad you said it like that, too, because the two are seamless. There, right. there ought not be any differentiation between baptism and church membership. They're
0: synonymous. Yeah. Um, I don't believe in rogue baptizers right. that go around and baptize people into what? Right. Well, somebody would retort and say, "Well, in, into the body of Christ." Well, what is that? Mm-hmm. Uh, Acts consistently says uh, the same day there was baptized three thousand souls and they added to the church, added to, and the Lord added to the church. Yeah. And so, you know, they're they're saved mm-hmm. and baptized and they're added to the church by the lord jesus christ Mm -hmm. and the church is then responsible to teach them and Mm -hmm. disciple them and discipline them and train them and prepare them to meet christ face to face Mm -hmm.
1: and they have a responsibility to
0: the church too exactly forsake
1: the assembling together of the church and so on which is what i preached last
0: night and Mm -hmm. i would challenge anyone brother Mm -hmm. it's a little bit of a different perspective but I preached 1 Corinthians chapter 11 on the Lord's Supper and the title of my message was the Lord's Supper and the local church. Mm-hmm. And I gave 10 things that the Lord's Supper teaches us about the local church. You cannot separate baptism from the local church, that's right. nor can you separate the Lord's Supper. There, l- Like there's no rogue baptizers, right. there's no rogue Lord's Supper administrators either. That's right. It's the local church that's supposed to be administering, mm-hmm. as we call them, these ordinances. Yeah. Everything's in and through the local church. All theology, as Brother Jeff Noblet says, is local church theology. That's right. God didn't give us theology in a can mm-hmm. to enjoy at a football stadium with 30,000 men. That's it, right. It's, it, God gave the Bible to the church to make disciples. Amen. And that's what we're talking about here. How do we then make disciples? Amen.
1: Amen. Well, before we close today, we have mentioned the booklet, Genuine Conversion, uh, that Brother Jono has written uh, a few years back. And uh, I just wanted to make that available to you. If that is something that you're interested in, please contact us. Uh, my email address is brojo at com. And if you send me an email uh, letting me know that that's something that you're interested in, we'll make sure that you get a few copies sent to you. At, at no cost. We, we would like to mail that to you as a gift yeah. that maybe it would just help you. Mm-hmm.
0: I know it's been a lifelong tool for me. I used it yesterday. Mm-hmm. Just yesterday. I use it every day. That's right. Uh, because people kept asking me the same questions, brother. Yeah. I kept fielding the same questions over and over. And how do, how do you know you're saved? How do you know? How do you know you're saved? How can I have assurance of my salvation? I, I believe this is the greatest gift that I could give to someone is to say, "Here's I actually experienced this. Mm-hmm. This is what I personally went through. Mm-hmm. Here, Here are the scriptures God used mm-hmm. to help settle this with me once and for all. Yeah. And I think this will help people,
1: brother. And it should be that. It should be a settled knowing. 1 John 5 13 says, These things have been written so that you may know that you have eternal life. I heard the old timer say, We don't have a hope so salvation. (laughs) We have a no so salvation. And that's true. Mm. And that's, I don't often get that question a lot as much as I used to anymore when it comes to assurance of salvation. Right. But more than often than not now, it's just, I just want to make sure early on. And I would say this, brother, and I, I think you will
0: agree for the record and i'm not i'm not to say that it doesn't ever happen mm-hmm. but i'll tell you this compared to most churches it it seldom happens that we re-baptize someone in this church right right you know in my former churches people got baptized all the time mm-hmm. i don't i wasn't saved now i am well mm-hmm. i thought it was but now i know i am mm-hmm. and 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 i understand you know and sure i went through that myself yeah so i have compassion and grace there mm-hmm. But I'm just telling you that as you begin to teach these great doctrines and hold up what the Bible says about regeneration and conversion, um, and people understand better and better and better what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, you don't have multiple people being baptized multiple times as much. That's right. Because they understand, you know, up front uh, what the call of the cross is. Yeah, what the cost is. And what the demands of Jesus
1: are. Mm Mm-hmm. And 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 it's beautiful too because when they're actually when there's a conversion, buddy, it's a conversion. Yes, yeah. you can see it. Yeah, it's a transformation. They're not yeah. who they used to be. That's right. So that's right. Praise God! And again, thank the Lord. We're so thankful that the Lord has allowed us to be in that type of a season right now, and uh, we're just going to keep pressing on. Amen. And uh, we're going to be faithful to what the Word of God says. Uh, we're going to try not to hinder those that have truly yeah. been converted, but we're going to try to help others to be able to see whether or not this is a true genuine conversion that's taken place right and what a joy it is i'm not trying to
0: um contradict anything we've said but just for my conscience to be clear i would be very very careful baptizing young children yes i'm just i just want to be clear on that Mm -hmm. you know a child six seven i've heard people say i got saved when i was six years old and you know the Presbyterians retort and say, "Well, that's infant baptism." You Baptists y'all y'all accuse us, and they're basically right. Yeah, they've got to, yeah. I, I do think when a child is that young, brother, I, I think that it's wise to watch and wait, mm-hmm. and and just discern. And, and look at their life. I, I just wouldn't be comfortable baptizing a child that age, brother. Amen. I, I hate, I, I don't know where to draw the line. Right. But all I can tell you is that when a child is six, seven, eight years old, you know, right along in that range right there, brother, yeah. uh, maybe even up a little bit older, I just think we have cause to be very, very careful. And there's nothing wrong with waiting to make sure that they indeed have been converted and That's they right. understand what it means to be a follower of jesus christ
1: yesterday when avery was baptized yeah. uh she said that she had uh early on she the only reason she said she quoted wanted to be saved was because she said she was afraid of hell yeah now later on it the, when the lord actually converted her she actually wanted to follow jesus she wanted to obey jesus my daughter was sitting right next to me and heard her say that. And she's six years old. Yeah. And I love her to pieces. Sure. And she wants nothing more than to please Daddy. Yep. So she turned right around and looked at me and said, Daddy, I want to be saved. Yeah. Now, obviously. Praise God. We're going to, yeah. And we're going to take our time and we're hoping that that's, but under that old dispensation, here's what that would have looked like. Get a prayer out of her. Yank her right down. (laughs) yeah, you know. Bring her down to the front row. yeah, And boom, she's in there.
0: Yep. And that's, Almost something I'd call spiritual abuse. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, it's just not right to, yeah. we have to be, we got to do better than that. Amen, brother. We've got to be men of integrity better than that and of character mm-hmm. better than that. I don't want somebody and I can't stop it in every case, but I don't want somebody to needlessly go go through what I went through mm-hmm. and the torture of soul of me wrestling for years yeah. with no assurance and no peace. Mm-hmm. But yet people saying to me, once saved, always saved, once saved, always saved, once saved, always saved. Mm. And though I do believe in the doctrine of eternal security mm-hmm. with all of my heart, mm-hmm. you better be once saved mm-hmm. before you start saying always saved.
1: That's that's it.
0: And and so you know, just be careful. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. The younger, the more caution. Mm-hmm. The younger they are, the more caution you better had employ. Mm-hmm. One final thing: mm-hmm. never, ever, ever, as a pastor, allow grumpy parents to bully yes. you into yes. baptizing their kids. Yes. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. You. I, I will quickly retort to parents: I, not you. I'm under the Lord and in authority with who gets baptized here. Yeah. It's You're not the one that's going to give an account to Jesus. I know they're your kids, mm-hmm. but the spiritual health and direction of this church is laid squarely on my shoulders. Yeah. And I thank God I haven't run into that in years. But parents that are truly regenerate and broken by the power of the cross are going to sympathize with you in being careful. Exactly. Parents that want to strong arm you. and and intimidate you and bully you into quickly baptizing their kid, I can guarantee you that's a red flag and you better not go that direction.
1: I'll never forget in my first pastorate, that very thing happened. But it wasn't a parent, it was a grandparent.
0: Yes, can be the same thing. Brought the
1: granddaughter in and I did just like what you had said. I was asking her, so what is sin, you know? What about when you send? Do you do you feel bad about it? She looked me square in the eye and she says, No, I don't feel bad about yeah. it. And yeah. I just kinda I I you know, I talked to her briefly and sent her on, talked to grandma. I said, I just we're not ready yeah. yet. Buddy, she got mad. Yes, sir. Wanted to bully me into oh, it. Oh
0: yeah. We had a young lady here right after I came. She said she wanted to be baptized, parents were here, the grandparents was here, and that's before I had any help.
1: Mm. And
0: all I had was a meeting with her before church, w- was not wise, but that's all I had. Yeah. And I just asked her a few of these questions, and she had no clue. Yeah. And I mean, parents were here, grandparents were here, uncles were here. And I, it's like, am I going to do the right thing, or am I going to be a man pleaser? Right, here it is. And so I told her parents, I said, I'm sorry I've sat down with her, she is just not ready. They were livid. Mm. And they all left the church. Yeah. But today I've got a clean conscience. Amen. As I sit here at this table with you, it breaks my heart that they left. Yeah. But I have a
1: clear conscience that I did the right thing. That's right. I did what God would have me do. And it's like what you said. You quoted, I believe it was, what, Hebrews 13? Mm -hmm. We are the ones that are going to stand before God and to give an account for that. That's right. Not mom and dad. Right. That's exactly right. Amen. Well, I hope that this is going to be a podcast that will be a help to pastors. Uh, hopefully a help to parents and anybody else who's getting that question what should I do to be saved You know, and uh, we'll hope that that will be a blessing to you just wanted to let you guys all know that we love you very much and if you guys have any future questions for us please again, you've got my email address write us anytime you want Thank you for listening to The Faithful Expositor For more information on Brother Jono's ministry go to our
0: church website smbconline.com and follow him on Twitter at O Sims